0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back again to yet another episode of You Haven't Seen That Podcast. I'm Isaac.
1: I'm Alva.
0: And this is the show where we, the married couple, uh, cover things on that growing list of movies that have people asking us the question, You you Haven't haven't Seen seen That? that? And I am really sorry to say that I have seen this movie, but Alva has not seen this movie and it... Surprise me when i learned about you not having seen this movie and I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it is in just a moment and i discovered this as we were compiling our list and it's now we're like how many on that list 130 movies
1: or so yeah or people take. are
0: like suggesting movies to us i'm like oh no we're gonna get to some stuff right but i was so surprised to learn that you hadn't seen kill bill volume one or two And the rage ensued in me, and I needed to get vengeance. And so I donned my yellow jumpsuit.
1: (laughs) My God.
0: Yeah, man. Kill Bill Volume 1. I was so happy to have you watch this. Uh, This is Quentin Tarantino's fourth film. He had done Reservoir Dogs. He had done
1: Pulp Pulp
0: Fiction, Jackie Brown, and then Boom. Kill Bill, Volume 1. Uh, a little fun fact, he actually started writing this uh, with, he introduced this idea to Uma Thurman while they were filming um, Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. which came out in 94. Um, yes. And she like, also took part in writing this because she is, surprise, surprise, the fucking star, the main role. She's very creative. Of the bride that is in Kill Bill. Now, you might hear it in my voice, but I'm a little bit nervous doing this episode because I am such a Quentin Tarantino fan. I, I try to look at so many fun facts. I try to look at like his history, the history of the movie. And it's so daunting because his films are fantastic. Now, I get surprised and I actually get like irritated and a little angry when somebody doesn't like any of his films. Because one of my favorite movies is Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Just top of the list. You, you can't compete with it. It's pretty good. Excuse me?
1: It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's just pretty good. It's good. It's great. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> the vengeance that it is just enraged. <laughs> oh, pretty good. It's a, it's, in my own opinion, because these are all just opinions. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic motherfucking great movie.
1: Look, I've only seen it like a handful of times. Mm-hmm. So I don't.
0: I've seen it a handful of times if uh, octopuses had hands. Like, I've seen it.
1: No, you know it probably line for line.
0: Into, okay, little back, little history. There was a once upon a time we met up with some friends to watch a movie. Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz, yes. right? Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. Three out of four of us had seen the movie. You were that fourth that had not seen the movie, and it's totally fine. Correct, yeah. Like, I, I love introducing you to movies. And our friend's girlfriend wouldn't shut up during the whole movie. She meaning, went
1: line for line.
0: She was going line for line, but she was. She was saying the jokes or the lines ahead of the line, which meant like the jokes got ruined. Those moments got ruined Mm -hmm. and we were so fucking irritated. So on our, I'm very petty. And so on our next movie visit, or excuse me, next movie night, I was like, have you seen Pulp Fiction? She said, no. And I said, you hadn't seen that. So we popped it on and Alva looked at me and was like, do it. And I quoted that movie from start to fucking finish, irritated the shit out of her. Needless to say, it ended our movie nights. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to have avenged you, my dear, because no one will get in the way between <laughs> me and Quentin Tarantino films. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, Quentin Tarantino, God, there's so much to say about him, and I'm going to keep it really simple because I want to focus on diving into the movie. He is uh, a little bit of a spaz, you know, in interviews and oh, stuff like that. yeah. And a giant movie nerd. But when you have nerds who give a shit uh, uh, and are passionate about the things that they're creating... You get fantastic. You get fantastic movies. You know, one thing that people notice in in Tarantino films is, by the way, like non movie people might say, like, "Oh, that's totally a rip off of of this movie and that movie." Mm-hmm. Like, yes, 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 everything is derivative, and he's never hiding the fact that these things are derivative. In fact, he has said in an interview, uh, namely an interview for the making of Kill Bill Volume One, that, and you know, this is kind of uh, as paraphrasing that he takes all of those aspects. He actually took this inspiration from like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. He says like their movies, when they were making like exploitation films, they, it's like paying homage to, it, it's paying respects to the, those original things. And he, they would take little things from those movies and then compile them into an original movie. And that is exactly how I would describe and have had described Quentin Tarantino films, which is they are so powerfully unique Mm-hmm. Yet you can see where those inspirations are taken from. Hell, even even sound effects are taken from those things that he he is inspired from, and it makes you you know do that. Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, when you see those influences, it does this thing where he's able to uh, needle drop. You know, he creates a, he helps create a great soundtrack for the movie, and it immerses you even more in the movie without mm-hmm. feeling like oh god. Yeah, he just put that song in there because it probably got big hits and, you know, it probably got paid for. It's like, no, a lot of these songs that like people might know some of them, but they're not they're not huge at the time. And you can ask any Quentin Tarantino fan, you listen to that soundtrack and those songs are now always associated with Tarantino films. I mean, all the songs in Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, It it goes on, it goes on and on. And I fucking play those soundtracks on repeat and they live rent-free happily in my head.
1: I think the controversial movie that the his latest one was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, people are like, I didn't like that one, but I love that
0: one. Did they say specifically why?
1: No, they're just like, oh, I just didn't get it. And I'm just like, well, first of all, you're dumb. There's a storyline there. Yeah, of course, it's like the whole... Uh,
0: Manson family. Manson family murders uh, and stuff. Yeah.
1: But he did it in such a way... If you kind of pay attention to that, it's like, oh, he portrayed that night so beautifully. Yeah. And um, a little differently. Yeah. I think people way had Way differently. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. uh, if you're watching Glorious Bastards, uh, which another little side fun fact and not to offshoot so much, but when he was writing this movie, he was doing it in between uh, filming Pulp Fiction and then Uma Thurman helped write some yeah. of it along with him. Then it kind of got forgotten. It got forgotten about because she was doing it in the movie. He was doing another, He was doing Jackie Brown, and then he started writing it again. And then was in the middle of writing uh, his what he called a war epic, which later turned out to be Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. And Inglorious Bastards is one that some people had problem a problem with because it was his take on history. Spoiler alert: Inglorious Bastards, they kill Hitler.
2: Yeah,
1: World War Two.
0: Yeah, but that's the fun thing with fiction. And, and, and Quentin Tarantino, of all people, knows this. Like he's, he's very much not a pretentious guy and knows that what he is making is ultimately enter fucking Now, Pulp Fiction, like I said, is one of my personal favorites. And Kill Bill is for sure second on that list. And it's nothing short of, of entertaining. And I was so excited for you to finally check this out. And shame on me for not having you watch any and all Quentin Tarantino films any time during the ten years we've been together, <laughs> so that's that's my bad. Like we talked about in our intro episode, where those moments where I go, let's check out this movie, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I've never seen it, so I don't want to watch it. <laughs> and so we had to wait ten years and then create a podcast in order to force you to watch these movies.
1: I think this is the only Quentin Tarantino movie that I haven't seen.
0: You've seen Jackie Brown?
1: I've seen Jackie Brown. Reservoir Dogs? I s- yes, multiple times. Okay. Uh, Pulp Fiction, of course. Um, Glorious Bastards. Death Proof, I believe I have seen it, but I think I just have to uh
0: it's not the one he's most proud of. Yeah. He, uh, he has he has openly said.
1: I don't remember I I'm gonna go ahead and say I've I've seen it. Yeah. And then of course the Hateful Eight we've seen together. Yeah. yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I'm a missing one.
0: Inglorious Bastards.
1: No, already said Inglorious Bastards. Django. We seen, I think we've seen that one together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm all caught up except for Kill Bill and Kill Bill. Long Volume 2.
0: So what did you know about this movie before going into it?
1: I knew that it was Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. Lucy Liu, of course martial arts, Um, of the famous poster that she's there with the
0: yellow jumpsuit. Mm-hmm.
1: I probably knew it was something about martial arts. I mm-hmm. just didn't really know much about it.
0: Like the storyline.
1: Nothing at all.
0: Other than it's the title, Kill Bill. Yeah, <laughs> I was
1: like, Kill Bill, all right? we're going to kill Bill. But that was, that was it. That's all I really knew. And I maybe have seen like a little bit on TV here and there, but not enough to be like, let me sit down and watch oh, it. Oh,
0: man. As we're watching this movie, I had to keep in mind, again, like in some of the other movies that I've seen, but you haven't seen, I had to just bite my tongue and wait for those moments where I know there's like a comedic beat, mm-hmm. a cool song, uh, a certain joke, certain like action stuff. And I have to like bite my tongue, sit on my hands and kind of look over at you, you know, secretly and, and see you react. And I and I saw you enjoy the fuck out of this movie. Well, Am I wrong?
1: Oh, no, you're not wrong. I have also know some of the songs because I know you play them. But prior to you <laughs> playing them, I've also known that certain songs are from this movie. So I was aware of some of the music other than that. That's- I,
0: I'm going to jump a little bit ahead. So there's a part. In the movie where they're at the was it the House of Blue Leaves, yeah, and uh, one of the the waiters, he's uh, bald and dressed in orange, mm-hmm. and you go, you're like, he looks like Charlie Brown, and I had to stifle a laugh so hard because a few minutes later, one of the the members of the Crazy Eighty Eight mm-hmm. in Japanese says, "You know what you look like, Charlie Brown," and you're like, "Hey, Charlie Brown!" <laughs> yeah, look, like
1: Charlie Brown. I was right about something. Yeah.
0: So you're on B, yeah. I, I felt you. I saw you just get completely immersed in this film.
1: I did like the movie. Yeah, I, I will say. So I also know that I, um, doing this research, I've spoiled something for myself with Volume Two. But but say we'll, we'll it. No, keep... no no say it. go ahead. I know her name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so in this film, they they bleep her name out. There's a uh, in in, uh, in the beginning of the movie where she goes to visit one of the members of the Deadly uh, Viper Assassination Squad. <gasps>
2: Long, Such a long winded.
0: name. <laughs> Hi, I'm a member of the Deadly Viper Assassination, assassination my, Squad. I'm here to kill code you. my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cottonmouth, or Black Mamba, and I'm here to kill you. Anyway, she, uh, she hooks up uh, or drops in on Vivica a. Fox's character mm-hmm. for Nita Green, Cottonmouth. Mm-hmm. In that scene, she introduces Uma Thurman, the bride, to her daughter.
2: This is an old friend of mommy's I ain't seen in a long time.
3: Hi, honey. Um, what's your name?
0: It might be frustrating to not know the character's name, but there's this power in some anonymity Mm -mm. because you don't know a lot about her because all you know is that she, you know, as far as like, well, let's jump into it. Right. Okay. The movie opens with the, the quote, revenge is best served cold, like title card. There's breathing And it slowly opens and it's in black and white and it's Uma Thurman's beat up face and Mm -hmm. she's wearing the wedding veil. And that's all you know about her. Mm -hmm. Like as the movie goes on, you're learning a little more about her and and what her skills are and essentially kind of like her superpowers, which I kept writing over and over on each page of my notes. Her superpower is willpower. Now, that might be from anger from getting killed. It might be from the anger of losing her daughter or losing her baby.
1: Okay, so here's my take on it. I think it's the anger of having to get betrayed before getting married Mm -hmm. and have basically everyone turn against her, then the anger of losing her daughter, and then her having to get her revenge.
0: Yeah, because it's her against all of those motherfuckers and the crazy 88.
1: Yeah, so it's basically her just being wronged for everything.
0: Speaking of which, there is this running theme, and I think— all of Quentin Tarantino's movies and I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, you know, for some characters. Other than them, all all characters, all of the characters in Tarantino movies being extremely memorable, they're never good people. Never? They're never good people. Oh. Again, I could, you know, there's probably one or two other people in there that you're like, "No, they're actually good good uh mm-hmm. characters or uh, not assholes or whatever." But Uma Thurman is an assassin uh, assassinator. <laughs> She's
1: the assassinator?
0: She's an assassin. She fucking kills people. Mm-hmm. She just, I don't know if she has a dexter code and only kills the bad people, but she is an assassin. Okay. They never say how many people she kills or how she came. She was introduced to Bill like that's left a mystery, and mm-hmm. that's that's like the power of Tarantino's movies is you don't have to explain every bit of the backstory. That you can leave some stuff in mystery. Yeah. So as the movie goes on, like I said, you learn a little more about her and each scene and each bit of dialogue. You, you're rooting for her. And so in your head, you're like, she's the protagonist. She's the good person, the good mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. You know, but it was just one of those things I, I was thinking about as I was researching this movie. I'm like, wait a second. You're rooting for kind of not a good person. That's the thing. Not a good person. Kind of like that. A spoiler for you mm-hmm. uh, in volume two that kind of gets touched on in a, in a fantastic monologue. Okay. And we'll yeah. get to that. Okay. I, I don't know when we're going to watch volume two, but I want it to fucking be soon.
1: Oh, we could could, could make that happen.
0: We could, we could, we 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 could. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I jumped a little ahead. Uh, I I love when Tarantino uh, pays homage to certain movie things. And this movie opens up with... Feature, presentation, title card. And it gets you in. It gets you in the mood for the movie. And that's when it then goes into like cuts to black and then fade open again like i said with her Mm -hmm. her face and her breathing and after it opens and it's in black and white and her face is beat to shit i mean beaten to a pulp you hear david carradine's voice bill say this whole line this whole amazing dialogue tarantino always has great dialogue yeah the opposite of dialogue as far as the films that we have reviewed would be insidious insidious had crap dialogue
2: Yeah.
0: Terrible. Yeah. just 1, chapter 1. Just
1: 1. Yeah, just the first one. Yeah. They com- made it up for the second one.
0: For sure. And then the complete 180 would be a Tarantino film. Yeah. And Bill is going through this whole monologue about how she might think he's sadistic.
2: hmm No, kiddo. At
3: this moment. This is me and my most masochistic.
2: Nice Bill?
0: It's your: baby. Cue the Nancy Sinatra song, Bang, bang. I've never heard that song before, and I have to listen to the whole song all the way through anytime it pops on my Never it. heard it
1: before that?: No,
0: never. <gasps> what an amazing song.:
1: I've heard a song before you
0: have. Oh, I'm sure that's true yeah. for a lot of other things. Uh, and then you get your opening credits, and you get and the way that the opening credits are listed is, is mm-hmm. kind of like her, and you'll learn later her, uh, her kill list. Was it her death list five?
1: Yeah. Death list <laughs> five.
0: Oh, and here's another little fun fact. Like, you later learn about the, the deadly Viper assassination squad. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got it in one go. And it's a little tongue-in-cheek reference to Pulp Fiction when Uma Thurman's character, Mia Wallace, is talking to Dr. Travolta's character, mm-hmm. Vincent Vega, when they're at the Jack Rabbit Slims. And she's talking about how she was in a movie pilot uh, or as a TV show. Shit, I forget. Anyways, it was called. Sorry, it was called Fox Force Five. Fox uh-huh. is in there are a bunch of foxy chicks. Force is in there a force to be reckoned with, and yeah. Five is in there one, two, three, four, five of them. And so I felt like there was a little, a little uh, can... Tarantino's homage to himself. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I did notice how was it Bill?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How he said "kiddo" very differently. Yeah. Like. I'm just like, and I kind of was like, why is he saying it different than everything else? But it's kind of like hinting at something. So I kind of already knew, like, is this like a code word or is this something? And it wasn't until later on I was doing my research and stuff. I was like, ah, it all makes a full circle.
0: Yeah, tell people what scene was that? What little like half second moment that was that her name got ruined for you Oh, uh, or or revealed to you?
1: So it was um, when she has the airplane ticket. To Okinawa. Yeah. is what's El Paso to Okinawa. Yeah. And the boarding pass says. And the boarding pass says uh, Kiddo, comma Beatrix. Beatrix.
0: Yeah. And so her name is kind of referenced here and there. And it's it, essentially Tarantino's like, I'm going to bleep her full name when Vivica A. Fox is saying, oh, this is bleep Beatrix Kiddo,' So that you have that power of anonymity. But mm-hmm. I'm going to lay out the breadcrumbs. Like, I'm actually going to tell you her name, but you're not going to know it because it's such a funny name. It's like it's so ah, I love this fucking movie because in her own squad like that, that shows you that they all adored her mm-hmm. within the squad and had inside jokes and yeah. would call her kiddo. And later on at the, the the blue leaf, I forgot the name of the restaurant. Her and Lucy Lou have a back and forth where Lucy Lou says silly rabbit. And then they go back and forth and say tricks are for kids. Mm-hmm. I'll play that clip uh, later on when we get to it. But so after the opening credits, it slow fades open on the profile of her laying on the ground, mm-hmm. still at the the church, and you get to see the silhouette of like her mangled nose and everything. Yeah, as the song sort of ends, and then it fades to black and title card chapter one, the number two circle, circle. and then we open on Pasadena, California. I forgot completely that this little scene was taken. Takes place in Pasadena. You get to see Uma Thurman driving this yellow truck, this hideous yellow truck. It's, but, just, it's yellow yeah. at that point. What did you think when you saw that truck? Did it seem like she drives a yellow truck?
1: No, I was just like, who did she take place? this truck from? Okay, like because I
0: piecing it together. Yeah,
1: I'm just like, I mean, if it belonged to her, that's completely fine. No judgment here, but it's very bright. I like how when she got off of her truck. She focuses on the uh, dollhouse out front and right. th- that stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, she had a daughter or she was. Or something about a daughter. Yeah.
0: So it's. it's um, Something
1: about a kid, a loss of a kid.
0: It's building. It's doing that thing. Like I've always said, like, and Tarantino knows this. I mean, that's this is what makes his films amazing. The music informs the story. The scenes, the every bit, the angles, the shots, it all informs the story. Just like that. It doesn't immediately tell you something straight out, but you, it, it raises that little antenna in your head that goes, mm-hmm. oh, I need to look out for this. She walks up to the door, rings a doorbell, door opens, Vivica Fox, and the look on her face, like having seen
2: a
1: ghost
0: and then crossfade little flashback of her beating up the bride. Mm-hmm. And the anger in Uma Thurman's eyes, little offshoot, the way that Uma Thurman emotes and expresses herself through her eyes from being enraged to being sad, what better person? Perfect for the role.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah.
0: And so you see this rage and that, that's, that musical sting. <laughs> Boom, immediately they start kicking each other's ass. And oh, they're yeah. they're evenly matched. They're going back and forth. They're, they're fighting blow for blow. Yeah, uh, they pull out knife. Nah, it's a it's a fucking knife fight. They're using all sorts of melee weapons. At one point, one of them gets thrown into the glass table. What makes this scene even more intense is that there's zero music. It's just them whooping each, other, each other's oh, asses. Yeah. And there's a part where like somebody gets up and they have a like, glass in their hands. So it's just like you can see the brutality of these in- two individuals. Mm-hmm. And through the entire time. <laughs> she's talking shit. Like Vivica Fox is completely never stops talking shit up until her demise. They're
1: both just talking shit.
0: And as they're they're poised and, and they have the knives at each other in the background of Boss bus. pulls up. Yeah. And nothing is said between them. There's just a look from Vivica Fox from Vernita Green. It's mm-hmm. just a look. The character is built of the bride and you learn that she's she is a sympathetic person. Mm-hmm. And immediately they both hide the knives behind their back. And Vernita Green's daughter walks in, little Nikki. She's supposed to be four years old.
1: Four? What four-year-old goes on a bus to school?
0: And what four-year-old looks that big?
1: And talks. Four years old? Freaking well.
0: I would have been fine if they were like, oh, she's seven.
1: Yeah, maybe six.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's where she gets introduced. This is mommy's friend. Bleep. Yeah. The bride asks Vernita how old the daughter is. And then she says four.
2: Oh, that's right. And then says. You know. I had a little girl once. She'd be about four now.
0: And you're like, oh, it's heartbreaking. Uh. You know, now yeah. you see where this, it, it just add, it adds another layer to her vengeance. It makes mm-hmm. you root for her even more. Oh, yeah. And so Vernita says, you want a cup of coffee? She's like, sure. Closes the door, walks to the kitchen, and then you have.
2: This Pasadena homemaker's name is Jeannie Bell. Her husband is Dr. Lawrence Bell. But back when we were acquainted four years ago, her name was Vernita Green. Her code name was Copperhead. Mine, Black Mamba.
1: You've tell. And then she goes to the whole um
2: You have every right to want to get even. No, 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 no. <sighs> to get even, even, Stephen, I would have to kill you. Go up to Nikki's room, kill her. Then wait for your husband, the good Dr. Bell, to come home and kill him. That would be even that be a bad square.
0: And then does the whole drawing in the air square But thing? she only
2: does, like,
1: three sides? Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you mean in all the other reviews?
1: That's <laughs> the only thing. It's it implied. caught my attention to where it's like, she's was, doing no. open.
0: Well, she's leaning on the counter. What I was going to say was that.
1: <laughs> so... She had room to move her finger up. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, that totally took away from what I was going to say. Which is, that was, a again, another reference to Pulp Fiction, where she does that to Vincent Vega. She says, well, don't be a, and she draws a square.
1: Mm. <laughs> Did she miss one side? She's not going to go watch it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's us for you.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I, I picked up from it. So I was just like, okay, is this like one of those things where I know Tarantino does and then later on it comes back and. Or it's referenced in another movie or something. So I was like, (laughs) I got to figure it out.
0: So as they're having the coffee and and, uh, Bernita Green's kind of milling about the kitchen, she's basically, she's saying like, you're not going to murder me in front of my child, Mm -hmm. are you? And keeps waving that around in her face. And that's when she has that thing about like, you know, if I were to be square, I would have to do all the, kill all the above. And Tarantino's movies, I said it before, the dialogue is always great. It makes his films epic. And specifically for this film, this film is epic. from From the way that he he lets the scene simmer to the the dialogue between the characters, mm-hmm. it builds up this movie into a great epic. And and there's jokes thrown in there. Like these two women are are discussing where they want to have the showdown.
1: Oh yeah, they have like a place and time. Yeah, where uh, are right? this? Yeah, I'll be there. And then Renita goes, "I need to prepare my daughter's cereal," and I'm just like, "Cereal? I'm sure, whatever." bam brings out the kaboom box i'm like i get it i get it
0: tarantino's done that in pulp fiction where uh, one of the characters in like an old-timey cereal box mm-hmm. but yeah kaboom kaboom on the nose
1: and i'm just like she's
0: like very funny bitch very funny and apparently there's like yeah. a shot uh, a like, shotgun in there yeah and shoots at uma misses, misses. and then uma kicks a cup hit, misses as well and then knife to the chest
1: it, then the daughters are like huh
0: Oh, that reveal shot. Yeah. I was like, oh damn, that daughter saw some stuff. You know, to quote Dexter, the show Dexter, mm-hmm. Born in Blood. And and Uma th- knows what's up, and she says.
2: You can take my word for it. Your mother had it coming. When you grow up, if you still feel raw about it,
0: I'll be waiting. Yeah. Which People want a Kill Bill Volume 3 wherein that girl is grown up and is hunting Uma Thurman. Ooh. Yeah, have you not heard about that?
1: No, I have not.
0: It's been going around for, I mean, years. I mean, it was, it was almost a thing. I don't know if, I don't ever think it's going to be.
1: I feel like it would ruin. I don't think it would ruin anything.
0: Be, I think it'd be a fun fucking movie. Because you rooted for Uma Thurman, you're rooting for Uma Thurman, and then you'd be then rooting for this character. You know what it would feel like? Like passing the torch the way like Rocky did to Creed son.
1: Oh, I get it. Yeah, but it, doesn't Tarantino have a thing about only making a certain amount of movies and then just stopping?
0: Yeah, I think he's going to make one more movie and then that's it. So
1: would would he want to end with Kill Bill Volume 3? I don't think he would.
0: I'm so fascinated and curious to see what his final film is going to be because you would want your final film to be like the crown jewel. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And then there's a Japanese narration saying something along the lines of Revenge is never a straight line. Mm -hmm. Then you get the first look at the death list five, and she crosses off number two, circled, and that's Vernita Green, and then you get the whole list of all the people that were on the Deadly Viper assassination squad. But you also see that number one was crossed out, which is Oren Ishii. Mm -hmm. It's never a straight line. Nope. And she drives off, and you reveal
1: the pussy wagon
0: <laughs> there is a a park that i go to in pasadena south mm-hmm. pass and there's a car that's always parked around there and there's a sticker they have a decal that says pussy wagon
1: did you know that uh when um they would show kill bill on tv they would change it to from pussy wagon to party wagon <laughs> but the only thing that still said pussy wagon was the uh the license plate
0: okay can which, we stop saying the word pussy now yeah very uncomfortable. We already have the explicit tag on this thing.
1: It's fine. That's part of the movie. Fuck
0: it. Let's overuse it.
1: All right.
0: Fades black. Chapter two, Blood Spattered Bride. And it's four years and six months earlier. And the the shot is of a dash and all the sunglasses on top oh of it. Oh, my God.
1: All the sungla- uh, sunglasses, sunglasses for, for every, every occasion.
0: And uh, and you get introduced to, to Michael Parks, who plays Earl McGraw. Uh, and Michael Parks, a little fun fact, he later plays, I think, one other oh. on character, Volume too. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, great actor. I don't I don't know his filmography, what other things he's done before that, but you've seen him pop up in other stuff. He's the crazy scientist in Walrus. Kevin Smith's Walrus.
1: never seen it. But no, no, no. He looked very familiar. I'm just like, I've seen you in other stuff.
0: And he's this very, very Texan cop. Yeah, son number one. Like, the way that this guy delivers dialogue. By the way, like, all the actors deliver dialogue in a fantastic way. You get great dialogue from someone like Quentin Tarantino. You, you're going to be damn sure you're going to deliver the fuck out of those lines. And so they're on the scene, and he's describing what had happened. That there was probably about you know five or six uh, people involved in this. They shot the bride in the head. They they even killed the uh, the organist. Which I can't wait for you to to, to find out who plays him oh, in Volume Two. Okay. But he's also saying that like whoever did this were some pros because they in essence colored in between the lines, and then he. Kneels down in front of the bride who's pregnant. Assumed dead. And hey, he's admiring there. how beautiful she is. And all the blood spatteredness. She's blood and spattered she spits angel. in his eye.
3: Son number one?
0: Yeah.
3: This tall, drink a cocksucker ain't dead.
0: Fucking great line. I don't use it on an everyday basis. Nope. <laughs> There's no. It's not because I don't want to. It's because I just haven't found a
1: <laughs> a way to.
0: This of cock's like I ain't quite dead yet.
1: I'd probably find a way to just throw it out there and just confuse people. Be like, what?
0: And and then we cut to the hospital, and she's laying in bed, mm-hmm. and you get this sort of um, Quentin Tarantino called it his his Brian De Palma scene, and you get introduced to Al Driver. Played by Daryl Hannah and that very now famous Nurse Whistle. I was whistling it the other day. Well, because we watched the movie, yeah. but
1: couldn't stop whistling. I couldn't stop whistling it.
0: And Daryl Hannah is this beautiful blonde with an eye patch who it looks like she's sent to kill the bride. She
1: definitely looks like an assassin.
0: And it's so cool the way that it's shot. It's like the side-by-side of the bride sleeping. And Al coming to do her thing. She's prepping the needle. She's putting her clothes on. This classic, real classic nurse outfit. Oh, yeah, with
1: the little hat and...
0: And the cross on the eye. Oh, yeah. Eye patch. Love it. And that's when you get the title card, Al Driver, her code name.
1: California Mountain Snake.
0: So There's a theme. There's a snake theme. And she's standing over the bride, prepping this needle. Evidently full of poison. I don't know what kind, but... Just poison. Seems like a nice way to die, and she says exactly that.
2: Dying in our sleep is a luxury that our kind is rarely afforded.
3: My gift
0: to you. And it's kind of letting you in on this world of assassins. Maybe not as fantastical and glorious as John Wick, but I wanted to see more of this world. Then she gets a phone call, and she picks it up immediately. And (laughs) Now I'm trying to watch it objectively, and I'm like, you're about to kill this bitch. Like, why pick up the phone? Oh, it's your boss. Mm -hmm. It's Bill. And you hear David Carradine on the other side of the phone. You don't get to see his face. Again, there is this power and anonymity, especially for the top person that the bride wants to kill, Bill. And you just see his hand and his ring and the the sword and he's playing with it. He's
1: playing with it very seductively.
0: Yeah, and on his end wow, on (laughs) on his end he tells Al that we're going to abort the mission you hear Al screaming he's pissed. But he tells her, he goes look, we have done all of these things to this woman. We've beaten her up and we, you know shot her in the head and her heart still keeps on ticking.
1: Basically like showing her a little mercy. Just the The
0: thing that we won't do is sneak in in the middle of the night like a rat, and lure ourselves. She'll wake up, and whenever she does, we'll be ready. I'm like, damn, that's epic. I like this Bill guy. But it's so funny, because Al, played by Daryl Hannah, beautiful, beautiful Daryl Hannah. You know her from Splash, with Tom Hanks? Yes. Uh, Before there was The Little Mermaid, there was Splash. 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 And you see her upset. She's sniffling. (laughs) She's, She's really mad and upset and sniffling, and he's like, calming her down and tells her that that he loves her. I'm like, okay, so not only does she work for him, but they're they're together. And then she shit-talks the bride.
2: Thought that was pretty fucking funny, didn't you? Word of advice, shithead. Don't you ever wake up.
0: Cut to four years later. There's so many ways you could have, this could have been shot of her waking up, but to have this mosquito land on her arm Zoom in, oh, zoom in and zoom in and zoom in. Oh, my God. And the sound of it drinking. <laughs> and that's what wakes her up. I mean,
1: damn mosquitoes in California.
0: And immediately she remembers. <laughs> 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 immediately she remembers everything leading up to her being going to a coma. Yeah. And that fucking POV from her, her POV. Of the gun pointing at her, but you don't mm-hmm. get to see Bill's face and the slow click and the bullet coming out, and then, bam! Then she taps the side of her head and feels that plate metal and rubs her tummy.
1: She goes from head, she kind of like
0: feels the lack of the baby and that cry- I'm getting chills thinking about it, but that crying,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: despair. She doesn't know what happened to her baby. She got beat to shit. That baby's probably gone and lost. She probably thinks it's dead. Mm-hmm. Calms herself down because she is, she's a professional cold hearted killer. Although her only warmth to her heart is for her child that she lost. Mm-hmm. And she looks at her palms and can tell how long she's been down. Four years. She whispers to herself. And again, it adds more layers to her. Like, how is that one of your skills that you can tell how long you fuck you've been out by reading re- re- your palms? Then you hear the nurse enter, and she freaks out and immediately goes back to sleep and calms her heartbeat. You hear the beeping, by the way. Oh my god, the, the way that there. she
1: just calms her heartbeat, I was like, I need to learn that.
0: And it adds to yet another layer.
1: Yeah.
0: You're like, damn, she, yeah, she's the best of the best. And it makes me wonder, what, what were her assassination adventures like? What did they look like? Where you needed this skill to calm your heartbeat? But anyhow, here enters. Buck. And he uh, has Buck. some other guy with him. And he is explaining what's on the menu.
3: Price is seventy-five dollars a fuck, my friend. You getting your freak on or what? Oh yeah, boy. Yeah. Now here's the rules. <clears throat> rule number one, no punching her. Nurse comes in tomorrow and she got her a shiner or less some teeth jigs up. So no knuckle sandwiches under no circumstances. And by the way, this little cunt's a spitter. It's a motor reflex thing. But spitter no, no punching. Now, we absolutely, positively clear on rule number one? Yeah. Good. Now, rule number two, no monkey bites, no hickeys. In fact, no leaving, no marks, of no kind. After that, it's all good, buddy. Our plumbing down there don't work no more, so feel free to come in there all you want. Keep the noise down. Try not to make a mess. I'll be back in 20. (laughs) Oh, shit. By the way, not all the time, but sometimes, this chick's cooch can get dryer in a bucket of sand. If she dry, just lube up with this and you'd be good to go. Disgusting.
1: Nasty ass Vaseline container. <laughs> like hair on Brown. it. Brown. Oh, 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 stop, so stop, gross. stop,
0: stop. I will edit this out, god damn it.
2: So Ugh. gross.
0: So he tries to have his way with her, but she ain't having. letting him have his way. She bites his tongue. It cuts to black. You hear his scream. Mm-hmm. This fucking terrible scream. Cuts back. She has a bloody mouth and everything. She tries to get off the bed, but she's been... In a coma for four years, so she, obviously her legs she just are all
1: falls to the floor. What is it
0: called? Entropy? Atrophied. Atrophied. Yeah, her legs are atrophied. She falls to the floor, and then here's the the, the nurse dude Buck coming back. Her, again, expressive eyes. She like her eyes shoot to the door. Um, my question though is, how long did Buck leave him to it?
1: I think I think he might have said like 15 minutes or so.
0: Didn't it felt feel quick? Yeah. As far as time wise, yeah, I don't know. But that's my brain. So she has a pocket knife. Cuts mm-hmm. Achilles heel. Oh. oh, my God.
1: He falls right to the floor.
0: She smashes his head in his... In- With yeah. a door. Where's Bill? And then sees the tattoos on his hands, fingers. Fuck. Fuck. Fucks. And remembers. Because yeah. she's all full of willpower. Yeah. And digs into her memory. And apparently oh, shit, remembers still. being in a coma. But this North guy Hill, saying... Texas. My name is Bucks. And I'm here to fuck. <laughs> and her her... Saying it back to him. Your name is Buck. Right?
2: And you came here to
0: fuck. Right? Wait a minute. Wait ah! And gives him one last slam with the door.
1: And the leg is twitching. The leg's just twitching. It's going. You enjoyed that. Oh my god. A little
0: too much. I think I like shifted away from you.
1: You think you did. And then she takes.
0: Grabs his keys and it says. Pussy wagon. wagon.
1: And then I guess she also gives him
0: Oh, gives him an extra slam. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking extra dirtbag, bag. Bam. Uh,
1: and then she finds uh, some sunglasses. Yeah. Very Elvis-esque.
0: I thought you had a fun fact about that.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did have a fun fact. Uh, fun fact, those glasses are the same ones that Christian Slater wore in True Romance.
0: You ever seen that movie?
1: I don't think I have.
0: It's a fun movie with, with uh, Patricia Arquette.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm there for Christian Slater.
0: He's like an Elvis fan yeah. in that movie.
1: Makes sense. Oh, and then she wheels herself. Somehow she gets herself a wheelchair and wheels herself down the hallway and somehow to the truck.
0: <laughs> this I saw you enjoy this bit, and I was waiting for it. She's wheeling herself down the the parking structure, and the music's going because you're like, "Yeah, all right, this this bitch is on a fucking on a tear," mm-hmm. and screeches to a stop. <laughs> Because apparently she's going so fast that she she stops and the wheelchair screeches. She's looking for the the truck. Mm -hmm. And, of course, sees the truck and it says, pussy wagon. Bright
1: yellow truck. She goes, Yeah,
0: duh. Then she fucking pulls her body. Like, man, how weak must your body be after four years of not using it? Pretty weak. And she she expresses that very well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to get your own body into that truck.
1: The fact that she had any upper strength to pull herself up.
0: Yeah. Willpower. That's going to be the word of the day.
1: Willpower. Rargh.
0: Wiggle your big toe. She's trying to get her feet back. The
1: whole time.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Let's address the elephant in the room. Tarantino, rumor has it, has Allegedly. got a foot fetish.
1: Allegedly.
0: Allegedly. If you've seen Pulp Fiction, uh, other scenes in this movie, he's got a little thing for feet. And Allegedly. I, and I do not kink shame. I do not fetish shame. But it's just, uh you know. <laughs> You don't really see a lot of feet in other movies, you know. You really get a uh, really get a good shot of her claw hoppers.
1: The whole time she could not wiggle that damn big toe.
0: And it's a slow pushing, and as she's trying to will herself to get mm-hmm. this going, she says,
2: "As I lay in the back of Buck's truck, trying to will my limbs out of entropy, wiggle your big toe." I could see the faces of the cunts who did this to me, and the dicks responsible.
0: And it pushes in on Oren.
2: Members all the deadly viper assassination squad.
0: By the way, that shot is the bride looking up and seeing the members of the assassination squad looking oh, down yeah. at her. Like that's the th- it's the same thing when, when she saw Vernita, mm-hmm. th- them looking down at her her last breaths. What they thought were her last breaths. Oh yeah. And then title card Oren.
1: I mean, if you're like killing somebody, wouldn't you want to just like make sure they're completely dead before leaving? Shot her in the fucking head. I don't know. I You're would, right, though. I would still check. I would still go after.
0: They're supposed to be professional. Yeah, assassins. I mean, come on. As assassinators as I like, I
1: mean, I'm not going to hire you if this is part part of your Yelp review. <laughs> no, I'm going to go do it myself. Then.
0: <sighs> I worry about us sometimes. Chapter three, origin of Oren. What was your thought when you saw this this next sequence? That was like in the style of anime.
1: I really enjoyed it.
0: Right? You love anime. I'm so I married correctly. You love anime.
1: I really enjoyed that part. I was like, ooh, different take. Okay, I see.
0: And you get her backstory. She's a half Japanese, half Chinese uh, American. And she witnesses her parents being brutally murdered by Bas Matsumoto, who is the leader of the Yakuza. And I won't go into so much detail because it's just violence ensues. After she witnesses his death, she learns that Matsumoto is a bit of a pedophile. At the age of 11, she kills him. Fucking brutally. Mm -hmm. And when she pulls the sword out from him and the blood sprays. And you say, it's excessive blood, but all right. All right. (laughs) At the age of 20, she's one of the top female assassins in the world. That assassination scene is pretty solid. And at the age of 25, she killed nine innocent people when she should have killed ten. An hour back of the truck, toe wiggling.
1: She wiggles her toes.
0: 13 hours later. Well, it took her a while, Alva.
1: Sorry. Took her a while.
0: All right, let me uh, shoot you in the head, go down in a coma for four years. Okay. And uh, let's see how long it takes for you to get out of atrophy.
1: I think I would go back to sleep, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Another bullet, please. Another bullet, please.
1: Can can I get uh, something to make me go to sleep? Can I get a coffee
0: and uh, another bullet, please? Thank you.
1: Extra shot, please.
0: Took her a while. Flight to Okinawa, and that's when you see the the boarding pass, say mm-hmm. Beatrix, kiddo.
1: But Chap- it's very fast. Though very quick. You, you have to like, either pause it or look at it as, as still.
0: Chapter four, Man from Okinawa. And that's when you meet Sonny Chiba. Who, oh,
1: that's right, yeah.
0: The little fun backstory on this is he played a character in a show called Shadow Warriors, and he was uh, Hattori Hanzo,
3: mm-hmm. right?
0: But the way that Tarantino explained the show is that they film for a year, and if they like it, they just like take a break for another year, and then they come back with another one. But it's like Shadow Warriors Part Two, and they did it up to like Part Four or four. Five. And so it's generations of Hattori Hanzo, his his, uh, his lineage. Said right, one,
1: two, three, four.
0: And so Tarantino made this Hattori Hanzo basically Hattori Hanzo the one oh. hundredth. Mm-hmm. Such a cool. You know, again, paying homage to it and, and hiring these people that were famous back in the day, like he did with Jackie Brown and uh, Pam Greer. She wasn't really doing anything before Mm-mm. Jackie Brown. Sonny Chiba, by the way, was uh, Uma Thurman's first like samurai sword uh, fighting teacher.
1: Ooh, interesting. But yeah. I mean, she had a whole
0: team afterwards, but like that was one of, one of the first teachers. And so in walks Uma Thurman. You still know her as a bride.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she plays cute American girl, blonde. very touristy. How how cute did you think she was?
1: I was like, that is so adorable.
0: It's one of the many things that made me fall in love. Like I used to have a giant crush on Uma Thurman. Mm -hmm. Like you 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 Alva have to thank Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction as Mia Wallace Mm -hmm. for me loving dark hair tall girls. Oh okay. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Mrs. Thurman.
1: Thank you, Mrs.
2: Thurman.
0: But I almost like changed my whole mind and what I was attracted to when I saw her in this scene. And so Hattori Hanzo is the owner of like this little restaurant and she's, they're having a back and forth and he's teaching her some Japanese. And... Oh,
1: what were what Japanese? Yeah. Yeah, how much Japanese do oh, you know? Oh,
0: you, I can't. I can't. No. I can't, right? N- no.
1: <laughs> Tells her a proper way how to pronounce a word. She does it. Uh, but I do like, well, that's all that's going on. He's like yelling to the, I guess the person in the back room or yeah. whatever, get her some tea and uh, he's like
0: shut up i can't i can't do that no you can't it's it's like,
1: <laughs> fuck so uh, basically the person yells back shut up i'm watching my soap operas yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and then she gets serious like she drops that facade of mm-hmm. touristy blonde american and gets serious because he asks her oh you know what are you here for and she says i'm here to meet a man hattori hanzo and the glass in the back breaks and mm-hmm. he stops doing what he's doing. What do you and now they're talking in Japanese.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At first she made it seem like she didn't know nothing. Yeah. And she's fluent in Japanese. And they have their back and forth. And she tells him she's she needs Hattori Hanzo steel. And he asks why. She says, Well, I have some vermin. And in English she says
3: You must have a big rats.
0: You need Hattori Hanzo the steel.
3: Huge.
0: And we cut to we go to like the attic of the restaurant. And I love this scene. I I think mm, Mm -hmm. it might be one of my most favorite scenes in the movie because this ethereal music plays and she lays eyes on rack after rack of samurai swords, the katanas, Mm -hmm. all that he made, illustrating the importance of this sword, the quality of these swords.
1: Mm And Ash is about to grab one, tells her to grab uh, the second one from the top.
0: But she stops because she was mm-hmm. just going to go for it like every you know, imposing American and stops and asks her if it's okay. And I love this, this. This moment where they have this respect for one another. And he tells her, yeah, pick the one from the top, second from the top. And she grabs it and is in awe with the quality of this thing. Mm-hmm. And he says to her, oh, funny American girl likes to play with swords. Mm-hmm. I, I like baseball and throws a baseball at her and she cuts it in half. And this is the part where I was like, uh, rude. She says she wants a sword made, and he essentially tells her that he's been retired for making these things. And she says, "Well, why don't you give me one of these?" And he's like, is "Well, I'm not. They're not, not, I'm not, sa- they're not for sale." And then she says, "I didn't say sell me. I said give me." It's like, hey, pump the brakes there, Uma, Bride, Beatrix, pump Miss, the brakes Miss there, pride. kiddo, Miss Bride. But she plays the bill card and says. Well, my vermin is a former student of yours. And he ponders and goes up to the window and writes Bill. Yeah. In this dramatic, epic way, because he knows that Bill is just a bad guy mm-hmm. and agrees to do it. Says it'll take a month. And in that month, you can sleep up here and you can practice. I love the little added moment where she walks up to the window and wipes it off.
1: Oh, yeah. She's like, I don't want to see that name. I don't want to
0: see that name at all. And we come to you a month later and this, this, Amazing ceremony where this, like, flute music is playing. Tarantino knows how to use these songs. But, by the way, I don't don't know if you knew this, um, he actually hired RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan to produce the soundtrack. Nice. So, the both of them, fucking mad props. And during the ceremony, Hattori Hanzo is explaining that he hadn't made one of these things in 28 years. He He had sworn an oath to stop making, quote, something that kills people. But he pats himself on the back and acknowledges that this is one of his finest swords yet. Slow fade, chapter five, the showdown at the House of Blue Leaves. This fucking scene, you looked up something about it. How long did this take to shoot?
1: Um, that took eight weeks to shoot.
0: God damn! It's one of the longer sequences of the movie.
1: Yeah, and also the, uh, the final scene of where it all kind of takes place. Yeah. It took six hours to rehearse and only took 17 takes.
0: Fuck. You had also said that in your research you discovered that Tarantino filmed the movie chronologically. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Sometimes the, the way people film movies is like, okay, what what location do we have mm-hmm. the easiest? What's a limited time? And then kind of shoot accordingly. So anyways, the bride then narrates about O-Ran's backstory as far as like where she is currently. And evidently she has won against this like, you know, uh, mafia war and is now the queen of the Yakuza, the queen, mm-hmm. the queen of crime. Yes. And goes down the line and introducing people that are in her gang, Sophie Fatale, Gogo Yubati, and I love that in her explanation of Gogo, you see a little flashback of her. Oh, yeah. And how fucking brutal she is, the way she like stabs the dude, pulls it out and like quick shot of like the blood spurting out Oh, yeah. Her.
1: Big old smile that she has.
0: Oh, Psychopath. And then, of course, Johnny Moe, the head of the Crazy 88. <laughs> Fucking, that's essentially her gang. Yeah. Her- and there's 88 of them, and they are not all there the head.
1: No, not one of them. I'm pretty sure if I would have watched this movie sooner, maybe the same year it came out, I probably would have been Go-Go for Halloween.
0: Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: a little fun fact. Um, I did know of Go-Go uh, Ubari prior to seeing this, mm-hmm. because in Gilmore Girls, there's an episode where Rory dresses as her for Halloween. So I knew of the character. I just didn't know what movie she was from. And I think it was like a Tarantino party.
0: Did you know Tarantino directed one of the episodes of Gilmore Girls? Why do I know this?
1: I don't know. But <laughs> but I, I just I didn't know what movie she belonged to. Wait,
0: was that the episode?
1: Probably. That he
0: directed? Yeah, because yeah. everyone
1: went as Tar- uh Tarantino character. Cool. Yeah. So I did know of Gogo Yubari. I just didn't know where she fit in everything.
0: Not to make this into a Gilmore Girls podcast. There already is one called Gilmore Boys. How do you know? <laughs> I used to kind of like Gilmore Girls back in the day. I, I grew out of it. Mm-hmm. But the show ended in what, 2005?
1: 2000. So it'd be like, yeah. You're on there, yeah. A couple
0: years after this movie came out, mm-hmm. which is 03. The scene, though, where she's at the head of the table and they're all celebrating, but this one guy, Bas Tanaka, he questions Oren's lineage because he's an old old school motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And he's just down in the dumps. He's really irritated at all these fucking donkeys. You know, these guys laughing like donkeys. And the group asks him, well, what the fuck's the matter? But Oren Oren lets him talk because Mm -hmm. she's, she's, you know. Reasonable. Reasonable. And she's like, no, no, no. I want to see what the problem is. Let's see what he says. And he fucking has the nerve to say, we have this Japanese, Chinese, American bitch as its leader. Oren jumps up immediately without saying a fucking Everyone thing. Everyone
1: quiets down.
0: And he, she, and she fucking decaps him. Gounce.
2: Not a word at all.
1: And being, being a
0: reason, being a reasonable leader, she lets everybody know in a calm way, and she'll say it in English.
2: As your leader,
3: I encourage you from time to time, and always in a respectful manner, to question my logic. If you're unconvinced, a particular plan of action I've decided is the wisest, tell me so. But allow me to convince you, and I promise you right here and now,
0: no subject will
3: ever be taboo.
0: Except, of course, the subject
2: that was just under discussion. The price you pay for bringing up either my Chinese or American heritage as a negative is, I collect your fucking
3: head. Just like this fucker here. Now, if any of you sons of bitches Got anything else to say? Now's the fucking time!
1: But the way that she just throws the oh, the head <laughs> like on the table and everyone's just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's
0: reasonable, but she's fucking brutal. But
1: I love her, like, her little speech.
0: Yeah. And then we get a little travel insert uh, with the Green Hornet, Flight of the Bumblebees under it. It's a jam. It's oh, a song it's a right there.
2: Mm,
0: mm, 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 mm. and now she's taking a trip to tokyo and as she's walking uh past one of the gates in the back there's an advertisement for uh, red apple cigarettes mm-hmm. another one of those things that that quentin tarantino likes to do is he has his own in-world products like big kahuna burger uh, the red apple cigarettes and you get to see uma thurman and her fucking classic her yellow biker jumpsuit which is an obvious homage to Bruce Lee in The Game of Death. Yes. She wears it really well. We get a quick little flashback to uh, Sophie, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of Oren's right hand women. And the flashback is at the church, Sophie was there mm-hmm. because as Uma's laying there, she hears Sophie's cell phone ring oh, and yeah. it's to the tune of Alda Lang. Now, that badass slow motion intro walking scene. Mm-hmm. With the whole crazy 88 and Oren uh, to that song. That's the one. Oh, bad fucking ass. You
1: no, know, it's the best. I like her little like shuffle because she has those little, <laughs> she has like, what the thing is, it's like everything that she's wearing, it's like
0: kimono. Yeah, it was all like, Japanese even, yeah,
1: it was all perfect.
0: Like geisha? Would you call it geisha? Mm. Kind of sort of not really. It was functional.
1: Yeah, I like her, in his shoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like her shoes. I like her shoes. I like her shoes. And after they enter, then you get a, a shot of, of uh, the Japanese surfer all girl band, the Five Six Seven Eights. And you mm-hmm. know their songs. <clears throat> Played in cell phone commercials and everywhere. You've everywhere. heard it. Everywhere. But that's thanks to Quentin Tarantino because he hears this music. He hears
1: a song, uh, goes and asks uh, to buy
0: the CD. Yeah. It's a clothing store. He has to buy the CD because he knew he would forget it. And thankfully he did. He asked the band to play themselves and be part of the movie, mm-hmm. and so there they are. They're the band playing throughout the entirety of everything. Oh yeah, and they're not wearing shoes. No feet. As Oren and her gang are living it up and having some drinks, mm-hmm. the bride is sneaking around. And Oren, this is this is where it felt very much like an anime. Oren senses something and throws a dart whoosh, right behind her. Yeah, and misses the bride.
1: But everyone's kind of like on high alert because she she heard something.
0: She sends someone. Out, she sends Go Go out. Yeah the bride is like doing that ninja uh spider thing yeah. hold on the ceiling
1: yeah luckily there's no that beat of sweat that's coming off forehead and falls and that's how they discover her
0: or like in sam Raimi's spider man that one drop of blood
1: that too like you never know
0: now we get one of like the the longest shots in the movie and quentin tarantino loves his one his winners. i he because of his movies i enjoy these long shots the woners and it's when she comes back down. She's then walking downstairs, going to the bathroom. I don't know how they have filmed it because it's like steady cam, but and and it's like behind her, third person. Mm-hmm. But then at one point, it kind of goes top-down view, and as she I, goes, I to did, the yeah,
1: like a like if you're doing like a dollhouse,
0: yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Like the ceilings cut off, and uh, I have to look to see how that was shot. But I was, his his shots are always impressive.
1: There was a uh, as I was doing my research, there was um. One of these steady camp operators, Larry. Um, oh, Larry. Allegedly was rumored to have passed out from ex- exhaustion from the study camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have all that equipment on you. So I, I would I would pass out too.
0: Now she's in the bathroom taking her jacket off and kind of getting ready. And hears that all the Lang cell phone song, uh, ringtone mm-hmm. and knows that Sophie's there. And then we cut to her calling Oren right out. Oh, and she yeah. has Sophie. And Sophie has like a bloody mouth and fucking cuts her arm off. Oh,
1: that was the best.
0: And blood spurts everywhere. Covers her in it. Hits every everyone freaks out. Everyone in the restaurant runs out. Even the blood on the camera. Yeah. The one thing I noted was that Oren was indeed easy to find, but fuck you me. Was hard to kill.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
0: she had to go up against the crazy 88 and Go Go. It was like an unfair fight at the very end.
1: Oh yeah. But she did good.
0: Revenge is a dish best served cold. So the fight starts off, her taking them out one by one, mm-hmm. and she cuts their swords with her sword. Oh, yeah. Fucking a Torianza still, bro.
1: And as that's going on, you still have Sophie in the background still twitching. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was about <laughs> me and noticing, like, bodies still twitching, but, hey, we're not all perfect. Try our best.
0: So she kind of sends them down, like, three at a time, two at mm-hmm. a time, after she has a, Sachima! which is Japanese for kill the bitch. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. I use it every now and again when I'm, you know, road rage.
1: That sounds about right. I can see that.
0: And she takes him out. And and I love, by the way, um, and this is thanks to RZA, he had said that he pulled some of like the old school uh, martial arts sounds.
1: Well, because they both, that's how they connected, but they loved like the martial arts.
0: Love the martial arts. I, like movies. In an interview, he had said that uh, when he like had dinners hanging out with Quentin and he was like, yeah, yeah, I got some of these DVDs. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. I know I have that. The masters, masters. of that. Nerdflex. I remember watching this movie for the first time and I thought like, oh, the bride's going to fucking die early because she met her match when Oren sent Gogo. Mm-hmm.
2: Hi. Hi.
0: <laughs> but she almost meets her match with Gogo. She has a hard time killing this chick. And she, psychopath Gogo doesn't have a sword or a hatchet or a knife. No, the bitch has a fucking mace, a medieval mace. And when she hits a button, has razor blades on it.
1: Fun fact, Gogo accidentally hits Tarantino.
0: Yeah, that makes me wonder, like, was he operating the camera at the time?
1: I think, I don't think he was operating, but he might have been, like, doing that director thing kind of, like, close by. Okay. Yeah. But he got he got hit in the head, which is I found to be hilarious.
0: <laughs> you know what else was hilarious? What? <laughs> is after Uma Thurman is, like, playing The Floor is Lava, hopping on the tables, mm-hmm. trying to dodge the fucking razor blade mace thing. How
1: did she not fall with the freaking tablecloth?
0: <laughs> she she managed to like kind of deflect it and it bounces off a post and it hits go-go in the back of the head mm-hmm. and she flips and then there's that stupid sound of bowling pins getting knocked down. Oh
1: my God.
0: Must be a kingpin fan. Mm. And the bride almost dies. The chain wraps around her neck and that that look, that red face and bloodshot eyes yeah, and like, the crunching sound. There's
1: no air going. Yeah,
0: that's choking for you.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Isaac, for the (laughs) medical facts here. You haven't seen that podcast. (laughs) Please don't cut that out.
0: I'll allow it. But being filled with rage and vengeance, the bride picks up a table leg that has some nails in it and in a very barbaric way to die, fucking tags Gogo on the side of the head. Oh, brutal. Cries some blood tears Mm -hmm. and she wins. I kind of felt bad for Gogo at that moment. I liked her.
1: I did too, but you know.
0: I love the crazy ones. Speaking of crazy, Mm. the bride is at floor level Mm. and Oren's at the top of the balcony, top of the stairs, and they're looking at each other. And that's when they have that back and forth of,
2: silly rabbit, tricks are for kids.
0: And you hear motorcycles circling the whole building. And she's like, you didn't. Now it's the bride up against the crazy 88 and the way that johnny moe the leader of the crazy eight comes out he's like yeah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that was my favorite part of the movie the whole fight scene where where, like because like if you've seen like martial arts movies and stuff like that uh-huh. there's always that scene where like everyone just pops out
0: oh yeah yeah
1: th- those are usually like my favorite parts when i watch those you mean like
0: everyone's surrounding her yeah so whoever Dude.
1: like is supposed to you know so them just kind of like running and just like circling her oh what a fun sequence yeah Yeah. i really like that
0: and they circle her and she has her sword up and checks out how many there are through the reflection i'm like there's 88 of them dumb bitch blondes huh
1: huh they do have more fun
0: and here's where it just gets fucking brutal i won't go into the details of the fight scene but like people are losing limbs they're getting slashed
1: bloody
0: bloody fucking bloody in fact so bloody that after she pokes one of the dude's eyes out it immediately clicks into black and white.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I didn't know violence could get so fun. And in black and white. Like, I didn't mind oh. not seeing all the gory bloodiness. But she's stabbing. She's hacking. She's slashing. She slices. She dices. She catches a fucking hatchet at one point and throws it back to the other dude. <laughs> she cuts a guy right down the middle. Cue Alva. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs>
0: Suspend sure. your disbelief, my dear. And then you get that, like, old school martial arts Wire work.
1: Mm-hmm. Love
0: it. And she keeps trying to advance to Oren when they keep slowing her the fuck down, but she fucking takes them out like a champ, dude, because she is one of the deadliest assassins. And what makes a breakdancing, hacking, slashing assassin dressed in yellow jumpsuit Slasher. scene more fun? What? Music.
2: <laughs>
0: Killing is fun. I meant that. It was implied. (laughs) Oh, did you catch a little Wilhelm screaming there too? And finally, after like most of them are are dead, now she's at the top of the stairs overlooking this bloody massacre and tells them, but in Japanese, they can all keep their lives, but their limbs, leave the limbs, they belong to me. Except for you, Sophie. And has Sophie stay because she has plans with her.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Still somehow twitching. How is she not, <laughs> that's a lot of blood she lost. has yeah. she not passed out?
0: Movies. And now the final showdown. She's outside in the snow-covered Japanese garden. Her and Oren. Oren's perfect. She hadn't had to do anything other than yell. Not one scratch on her.
1: Not one. Nothing.
0: The bride is bloodied, beat up, and she's sustained a couple of wounds. And Oren is impressed by her sword. The bride says, well, this is a Tori Hanzo steal. And she's like, you lie. You lie. And she shows her the emblem. But she still can't believe it. Mm-mm. This fight is, I think, the most impressive. Because O-Ren is, an, is a complete badass. You mm-hmm. saw her backstory. The bride is tired as hell, exhausted. It's an unfair fight. Yeah. But when you have that much vengeance and hate in your heart. You just. You're going to win.
1: Or you're going to die trying
0: i love this imagery by the way the bride is like i said hurt mm-hmm. and limping
2: mm-hmm.
0: and oren is powerful she has her swords splayed out with her scabbard and you're like dude she's a badass she's gonna fucking take the bride down badass. so they go at it and the music cuts as the bride gets a slice down her back elva says girl you keep dying <laughs> Silly Caucasian girl likes to play with swords. But willpower, willpower, vengeance, willpower. This was yet another moment that made this feel like a live action anime.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. if you watch anime, mm-hmm. the protagonist doesn't have a fucking fighting chance, but they want to win so badly that they muster up excess willpower. And give it that old college try 110%. And Oren says, come at me with all you have. Fucking bitch
3: brag.
1: Oh, yeah she only has so much mobility with whatever she's wearing Mm -hmm. and then the bride is so tired so it's just like this shuffling it's just like so small but it's just (laughs) so i don't know dainty
0: yet powerful yes and and you know they run at each other and the bride does get one on Mm -hmm. oren she cuts her i think her leg and some blood trickles down Mm -hmm. her side and at that moment it was that very moment that oren thought. Oh, I fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Because she immediately cuts all of her ridiculing and apologizes for ridiculing her. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And the bride accepts the apology. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So getting that final respect before crossing Oren off that list. The bride lands a final blow. Alva fucking says, oh, she bald now? (laughs) 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 Fucking top fade.
1: (laughs) By the way, she was supposed <laughs> to be decapitated, but uh-huh. they changed that to just having her.
0: her I, thought, I thought she was scalped. I'm like, you're not going to die again, scalped. But she gets like the top oh, part of her fucking yeah. skull and brain cut off, which is a very interesting death. Mm-hmm. And as Oren is dying, says in Japanese, that really is Hattori Hanzo's steel. And our blood spattered bride finally gets to rest, crosses Oren off that list. Cut to dumping Sophie down a slope to the hospital. What oh a very dramatic god. role, yeah. by the way. I was like, "Okay, Sophie, you're you're, you're down at the bottom of the hill. Stop rolling. It's Stop your turn. Stop rolling. All right. Stop rolling." You imagine the stunt woman's not going to want to do that a bunch. Oh my god, I totally forgot to mention. Mm. Zoe Bell is an infamous stunt woman, and she was Uma Thurman's stunt double. She's like a New Zealand stunt woman, fucking gorgeous and badass.
1: Mm-hmm. She actually hurts her back uh, during Kill oh, Bill, shit. filming Kill Bill. Uh, she doesn't say anything. What
0: part does? I, no, it? she
1: just hurts her back. I don't okay. know exactly where. Uh, she hurts her back. Doesn't say anything because she doesn't want to get replaced.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't uh, want to yeah. either. Although, you know, m- movie magic, uh, Zoe Bell's not that tall. Mm-mm. Uma Thurman is very tall. She,
1: how tall is Uma Thurman? I
0: don't know, and you can Google that after. But in Pulp Fiction, they had to, I don't know if they either angled the camera in such a way that it made John Travolta look taller than Uma or the same height. Or if they had put him on an Apple box. But she's tall.
1: Oh. She's
0: one of us. She's 5'11. Oh, she's my height. Yeah. Huh. Back to the movie. So now we're with Sophie. She's recovering in the hospital. She's sitting in a chair and standing behind her is Bill. And he's consoling her. And he asks, Did she say, Do you have to guess what she wanted? She says, No, we don't have to guess. And then we cut to Tarantino's signature trunk view. He has that in almost every movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the bride in her full motorcycle, yellow jumpsuit, helmet looking over Sophie and tells her.
2: As I said before, I've allowed you to keep your wicked life for two reasons. And the second reason is, so you can tell him in person everything that happened to you tonight. I want him to witness the extent of my mercy by witnessing your deformed body. I want him to know what I know i want him to know i want him to know and i want them all to know they'll all soon be as dead as a
0: quick cut to plane flight
2: mm-hmm.
0: and tarantino does all these time jumps and you see where she's actually like writing her list out for the deathless five mm-hmm. and as it's happening you, you hear Hanzo narrating uh, i forget what he says but then it cuts to Michael Matson, who plays Buck, because Bill's brother, you find out later. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. And then he says, That woman deserves revenge and we deserve to die. Al Driver then saying, That woman will suffer. Cut to Uma Thurman talking with Bill outside of the church in El Paso, mm-hmm. asking him,
2: How did you find me?
0: I'm the man. <laughs> Cut back to Bill with Sophie and he delivers a final line. One more thing, Sophie. Is she aware her daughter is still alive? Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. We have seen you have seen Kill Bill. Volume one. one. How do you feel?
1: I like the movie. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Did you love it? I loved it.
0: Thank you. Think we you would rewatch it again? Yeah. Okay.
1: I think I would rewatch it after maybe um watching volume two.
0: Oh, I cannot wait for you to watch that one.
1: And then it, it, uh,
0: spoiler alert, it is a different movie. Okay. Different.
1: Uh yeah, I think I would watch volume one, volume two after I finish that. Um that way I can like back to back it.
0: Oh hell yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, down for that. Yeah. Oh, man, we'll have like a whole Tarantino week. The movie the runtime was an hour fifty one and and it's a it's a two parter. Did it feel like a long movie to you? Did it feel like a short movie? How'd you feel about the pacing?
1: I think it was perfect pacing.
0: Right? Yeah. Now, now I know Tarantino has made uh, was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It's one of his longer films, mm-hmm. and I could totally see him making this movie like a four and a half, five hour movie. And I it it needed to have been split down the middle in order to tell this story in a correct way, but not people groan about the fucking runtime because people oh, yeah. complain about that all the time. Like me, I'm not excited to watch the Lord of the Rings. So no what? one is. Three hours. <laughs> So what, a three-hour movie right i don't even three know hour 20
1: i know it's three hours worth of a nap
0: but i've always said however long a movie needs to be told that's what the runtime is going to be if it's an hour mm-hmm. so be it if it's three hours so be it yes we will watch lord of the rings very soon
1: it will be one of our christmas movies in december because oh, i feel like it
0: i'll put it out there i don't want to be held to it
1: we will get to it we will watch lord of the rings
0: okay so this movie it's a, it's a Tarantino movie. He already made all these really awesome movies. And mm-hmm. so people, it's an event to watch a Quentin Tarantino movie. Needless to say, it made a grossing of a uh, $180.9 million. It's pretty good. And when the budget was $30 million,
1: That's not bad. That ain't
0: bad at all. That's
1: not bad at all.
0: So let's play our little game. Okay. Our Rotten Tomato score guessing game. Where I ask you what your your personal score is.
1: My personal score
0: oh. And just in case people don't know, the Rotten Tomato score is from zero to one hundred and seventy being fresh.
1: My personal score is eighty. The rotten tomato score that I'm guessing is critics. The critics, yes, critics is eighty two. And I think for where is it the audience? audience yeah. Uh am I gonna go with eighty six?
0: So eighty two and eighty six? Yeah. Critic score is an 85 and audience is an 81.
2: Oh, okay.
0: That. So I'd say pretty close, a little flipped around, yeah. but that has been one of like the closer guesses of uh, the movies that we've covered.
1: Okay. Well, I guess closer guess from when I guess it, because you're very like spot on, very, very close with your guesses.
0: Thank you for acknowledging. Any last thoughts about this movie before we close this out?
1: Yeah, they spend $60,000 just on swords and knives.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, do you have any other fun facts in your uh, arsenal?
1: Uh the hotel uh, the hotel the hospital uh-huh. at St. Luke's uh Medical Center in in Pasadena. Uh-huh. I think North Pasadena or something like Altadena, that. Altadena. Said, yeah. That hospital closed down in 2002. It has now only been used for um a movie set. Oh, cool. So this goes under my Elva fun facts hospital edition. Um <laughs> they also filmed Halloween 2 Uh huh Um. There? Yeah Cool There was Wait
0: wait The re requel Halloween 2 or
1: 19 No Back in the yeah, day Okay. back in the day Uh, Halloween 2 Cause I remember with the previous one I said Was it so just chapter 2
0: Yeah, yeah. It Was
1: it Loma Linda or or something like that They did Halloween 3 at Got that it. hospital This one was this And then there was another movie I think it was Equalizer I
0: don't think it was Okay equalizer.
1: Yeah There too Hell yeah yeah, so I got fun facts about hospitals and abandoned so, hospitals.
0: Uh, any other thoughts about the movie, though?
1: It was really good. I wouldn't really watch. I um, can't wait to watch volume two.
0: Dude, I was so amped to watch this movie again. I hadn't seen this one. Jeez. I used to watch Pulp Fiction over and over constantly. Um, I actually haven't seen that one at length in quite a while. And same thing with Kill Bill volume one. I used mm-hmm. to watch it over and over when I had my uh, PSP. That was one of the movies that I bought the discs for. Aww. Love this movie. And every time I watch this movie, I love it even more. That's the thing about Tarantino films is that on every rewatch, there's something, even small, doesn't have to be big, that you love about it all the more. Now I'm glad that I pulled you into the circle of great movies that I love as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Should we wrap this up?
1: We shall.
0: All righty. Thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of You Haven't Seen That Podcast. I have been Isaac.
1: And I have been Alva.
0: <laughs> check us out at...
1: Forehead Films. F-O-R-E-H-E-D Films.
0: On Instagram. Let us know what you thought about this movie down in the comments section or in the DMs.
1: And check out all the other... Uh,
0: movie reviews. Movie
1: reviews that we have there.
0: Five Nights at Freddy.
1: And I believe... What was the other one that we saw? The Marvels. Marvels, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I did with the hype Yes. Yes. So check those out. Uh, In the meantime, let us know what films you haven't seen that have people asking you the question. You You haven't haven't seen seen that? that? Later, guys.
1: Okay. Bye.